Patriots, the big victory over the Jets on the road to not their record at 4-4. Four and four. The Colts are in Foxborough this weekend. And we look at the surging Bruins and a Celtics team still trying to figure things out. I am Chris Ryan. This is the Press Pass. Patriots, 22-17 victory over the Jets in Jersey. Once again, this is about the Patriots, but also about the Jets managing to clinch defeat from the Jaws of victory. They're about to go up 17-3 to in the first half when Mac Jones threw a pick, but a roughing the passer penalty brought that TD back, and the Patriots were able to really dominate throughout the close of the game. Took on the defensive side of the football, also with Ramondre Stevenson, 143 yards combined passing and rushing, and they win against the Jets 22 to 17. Patriots now 4 and 4 on the season. If they win and the Jets or the Dolphins lose, they are in the playoff picture uh after their victory against the Colts if in fact that takes place this Sunday. More on the Colts game coming up in just a little bit, but we're going to start by talking with Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. Morning Bill, how are you? All right, good, Chris. Um want to ask about Mondre a little bit and what advancements have you seen from him? You know, both in terms of pass protection and also you know, in the passing game over the last uh, season. Yeah, Madre just gets better every day. Um, he's one of the, say, one one of the guys that that I've coached that really has shown just continuous improvement. Um, almost every day, he walks into the building, and um, you know whether it's it's just in every phase of the game. Um, this kid's really, really come a long way, and and just every part of his game. You know, you mentioned some of the things in the passing game, awareness, route running, blitz pickup, recognition, getting out on, you know, fake blitzes and bl- versus reading the difference between fake blitzes and blitzes, and in the running game is patience and setting up blocks and running on the second level and stiff arm and contact balance ball security i mean you name it um you know uh, i have a ton of respect for the way he's worked at his game improved his training habits um he's still got a ways to go but he just gets better at at all the things he works at every day he's got a long list of them but he's he's made made significant progress in in so many areas um Really, really been impressive. In a tough divisional game like that one, how important is it for you know players to set the tone with their physicality? Because I thought you know you mentioned Peppers earlier, his physicality I thought made a big difference on the defensive side of the ball. When Mondre on the big run, you know he gets met by a tackler on the line, he fights through that. Does does that, in your view, kind of set the tone across the board? Well, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, you know we knew this was going to be a, a physical game and. You know, coming off a short week, uh, you know, I think our guys really, really tried to gear up for it and, and play to it. Uh, but yeah, all, all the way across the board, this is, the Jets are a, a very physical team, and their their defense is, you know, very active and, and physical defense. Um, you know, they're well coached and and they have a aggressive group of guys out there, and so um, you know, I thought. Look, there are a number of times where they got us, but I'd say we, you know, at least fought and competed against them. And, you know, we, we made a few plays there, too. Um, you know, we were able to clean out the pocket and Mac get 
some space on a couple of scrambles and guys running with the ball in their hands. Uh, you know, even Janu on the on the uh, kickoff return. Uh, you know, breaking a couple of tackles there to get the ball up. You know, past the 35-yard line for field position. So, uh, you know, a lot of little things, but they all they all add up. Thanks, appreciate. It. Yeah, you're welcome, Chris. So, of course, the Patriots were mired in a quarterback controversy-ish type situation prior to the game against the Jets. Mac Jones, the starter, he played throughout the course of the entire game, and he was okay in the contest. However, talking to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, one thing that stood out to both of those individuals was what Jones was doing pre-snap and his decision-making and how they thought it helped to lead to Patriot success. We'll start with Matt Patricia. Really good kind of topic conversation, especially for quarterbacks. You know, they have to be extremely situationally aware. You know, they're out there managing the game, you know, and the clock and the personnel and the formations and what the defense is trying to do against them and the down and distance, all of that, you know, goes into play. Um, and Mac does a great job of kind of comprehending all of that, trying to, you know, put it in a blender and, and be able to understand all of it in, in an instant because, you know, that play clock is ticking uh, as you're going. So you may only have about, you know, nine seconds or so to kind of sort that all out. Uh, and there's a lot of things that go into that, too. You know, you're trying to orchestrate um, not only the play call, the receivers, the skilled players, but the offensive line, communicate with the center um, in a hostile environment, in a, in a stadium down in New York where uh, against the Jets where, you know, you have to identify certain defenders, you know, whether it's the uh, the linebackers and who's in what position, whether it's a salmon Mike and a Will, or if it's a sub-defensive look that maybe um, presents like a base defensive look, things like that that you have to try to recognize so that everyone's on the same page. Um, and he puts a lot of effort and time into studying those looks understanding, um, you know, kind of the different configurations and then making sure that we communicate that out. So that was really tough this past weekend. Um, you know, they do a really good job with some of the things that they um, do and then also did within the game that maybe were a little bit different from that aspect of it that we had to kind of decipher as we went through and make some adjustments. And, and I think he had to kind of adjust to some of that as we did on the sideline. I thought he did a really good job getting out on the field um, in that nine seconds, trying to figure that all out and get it communicated. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good, Chris. How are we doing? Good. Kind of building on that topic, obviously you guys are liking what you're seeing from Mac pre-snap, his identification, and the work that he puts into that. But how about post-snap in terms of the time that it takes for plays to develop and also the decision-making process? Are you where you want to be with him in that sense? Yeah, I mean, I think he's done a really good job of, um, you know, trying to see everything that's going on in the field. And I think that as we go through the season, uh, fronts and coverages will change, you know, and, and, and teams will – uh, change how they play against us from week to week and, and game plan a little bit more from a standpoint of they have enough film now to kind of see who our players are, how we're using them, uh, maybe some of the different attack points that we've had offensively. And, and now they're going to adjust and they're going to, you know, uh, compensate for that. And now we have to kind of react and adjust and go uh, the opposite direction. And I think for, for him to be able to step in last week and, you know, get into his first full game back uh, into the speed of which the Jets play, um, which will be very similar to the Colts. The Colts are an extremely fast, aggressive defense. Um, these guys fly around. They do a great job with the disguise and and really um, put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So um, it was good to see that, and we're going to have to build on that as we go forward. Thanks. You're welcome. Here's Patriots quarterback coach Joe Judge. Hey, Joe, how are you? Good. What's going on, Chris? Good. Um, wanted to ask you a little bit about you know Mac through this season and what do you think you know whether it's the coming back from the injury, maybe simplifying things a little bit in the Jets game, uh, some of the the noise as you referenced earlier being external. How do you think that's affected his his growth and what lessons do you feel will come from this and making him you know a better player moving forward? 
Well, I think the biggest thing is that the key things you said at the end of that were growth and, you know, getting better going forward to the improvement. That's really what we're looking for for every player. And I think what that comes down to is just how you approach work every day and the level of detail you have, you know, in preparing for each game. And Mac definitely does a great job of that. He really does. Uh, he does a great job early in the week, really, you know, communicating with us in terms of what he's seeing on film, what we're seeing on film. Does a great job through the practices of, you know, as we work through different concepts and schemes of talking through whether how they're playing coverages, you know, different ways we can look at the defense, we can read it, make sure we're going to the right spot, you know, maybe different things he's seen within a concept of things he's comfortable with. So the communication has really been very good, you know, and in terms of his growth, the important thing is to learn from all the lessons, good and bad. And you've got to go ahead and learn, you know, not only from your own self, but watching the other league tape, which we do a good job of around here, you know, learning from other teams' mistakes and watching other quarterback play and watching other situational games to say this situation we don't want to be in. And we talk through a lot of hypotheticals within the game of, okay, understand where we're at in the field. What if the score was this? What if we had no timeouts? What if it was third and longer here? How we want to handle this? Um, but Mac does a very good job staying engaged. Um, and the way he comes to work every day, you know, he's geared on improvement on a daily basis. And again, it's, you know, putting day by day together will lead to the growth for long term. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. More on the victory over the Jets with Patriots special teams captain Matthew Slater. Chris, how are you? I am also well. Congrats as well on the uh, the accomplishment yesterday. Of course, you weren't the only guy with a big accomplishment yesterday, Bill Belichick, um, with the uh, passing George Hallis and the win total. Um, he gave, obviously, as you you were there, a lot of credit to the players. But I'm curious as to how you thought about that and what his role has been in terms of developing players, acquiring players, coaching players, and you know what the accomplishment of what he did yesterday means. Yeah, I mean, look, coaches is, is not going to be one to take credit. Um, that's just how he is. But I think a ton of credit uh, goes to him, and rightfully so. Um, I mean, look at his career and, and and all that he's accomplished, how long it's been. And, you know, I can sit here for an hour or two and talk about why coach is so great. Um, but I think a few things really come to mind, and it's his love for the game his competitive stamina. I mean, to be 70 years old and to coach as hard as he coaches now is really impressive. And, you know, with all that he's accomplished, he's never let his foot off the gas. And, you know, he's run, you, you mentioned developing players. He's been so intentional over the years and how he coaches guys. Um, he coaches every position on our team. Um, he's intentional and, and he really is so honing in on the details as to, you know, what each player's assignment looks like, what we need to do to play winning football, the fundamentals. I mean, it's it just – I marvel at how he's been so consistent in his approach over the years. I think it's hard for anyone to model that type of consistency in any area of their lives. And he's done that uh, for the entirety of the 15 years I've been here, but he's done it over the course of his entire career. And, you know, it's, it's great to see – um, him accomplish something like that to pass George Hollis. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. And, um, you know, I, I hope he continues to add to that total. And I hope we all appreciate what we have in Coach Belichick. I mean, you know, uh, it's easy to become a prisoner of the moment. Uh, and you look at the new car, the new toy, and you're like, oh, that guy does this. Well, that guy does that. Well, this is like that car that's got 500,000 miles on it and it still runs. And it doesn't break down and, and you can depend on it. And, you know, that's what we have in coach. He's just so consistent. And, you know, I hope the fans, I hope the 
the game of football appreciates what he's doing and, and what he means to the game. Just briefly, what have you seen in terms of adaptation over your time period with him, where, as you mentioned, the game is constantly evolving. How do you see mm -hmm. him evolving, you know, kind of with the game, with a new generation of players? What have you noticed in terms of adaptation with him? Well, yeah, you know, I think your leadership has to, has to evolve, uh, most importantly. Uh, every playing group looks differently, and every generation of players is going to be different, right? I mean, the way I was raised versus the way guys 20 years ago were raised, what what the uh, the landscape of our society looked like was different. And that and that in turn changes the players that you're you're dealing with on a day in and day out basis. So I think he's had to evolve his leadership. How do you keep guys motivated? How do you keep guys locked in based on who they are, uh, based on the things that they respond to? I think that's the the thing I've seen him. Uh, changed the most over the years. I mean, he certainly uh, couldn't coach this team the way he was coaching those Brewski-led, Vrabel-led, uh, you know, teams from the early 2000s. So he's learned that, and I think he's applied that. Um, you know, people skills matter. This is a people business, and, you know, I don't think he gets very much credit for his people skills, but I, they are much better than they may appear. I can assure you of that. So, I think that's important. And then obviously the game of football has changed and, you know, you can sit up here and talk about how he's evolved X's and O's wise, which he has certainly done. Um, and I don't need to speak about that, but, you know, I think while, while going through that evolutionary process, the one thing that he has done is stay true to his core principles. And I think uh, whoever you are, you can't stray from those. And he's done a good job of staying true to those while, while changing over the years. Thanks. Appreciate it. No problem. Stick with that conversation about Bill Belichick, his 325th victory, passing George Hallis for second all time. Still a bit behind uh, Don Shula, 22 victories behind Shula, who has 347 most all time. He mentioned in his speech a couple of players, past players, Troy Brown, as well as Gerard Mayo, who are currently coaches with the Pats. Let's talk with Gerard Mayo about the challenge against the Colts coming up and also Belichick's accomplishment. Hey, Gerard, um, just want to ask you a little about the the Colts offense here with uh, Sam Ellinger and also uh, Marcus Brady apparently getting uh, let go as the offensive coordinator for the team. Obviously some fluctuation there. What does that mean from a, a game planning standpoint when you don't have a lot of tape on Ellinger and not quite sure maybe the direction they'll go in uh, from a play calling perspective? Yeah, you still um... – you know, you still have tape on Ellinger. You know, he played in the preseason and things like that. And I would say the head coach is still an offensive guy. So I'm, I'm sure it won't change uh, too much. Uh, but at the same time, we just have to be aware of who's on the field and where people are located on the field and really see how the game is going. So uh, it's definitely going to be difficult. But at the same time, uh, we just have to play with the ultimate awareness uh, in this game. I want to ask you about Bill's 325th victory as well. He mentioned you in, in the postgame speech. And yesterday, Matthew Slater was talking about, you know, how Bill has adapted through the time period. And, it, and it's kind of underrated his people skills and his ability to um, to message to different generations, basically, of players. And that the messaging now very different from the your era and the, the Brewski-Vrabel era prior to that. So what have you seen in terms of changes and adaptation from him and how he goes about you know, motivating players and and connecting with players. Yeah, I think an underappreciated um, uh, quality of coaches, his ability to evolve and also his ability to listen. 
And he has always had, you know, even though he's had older coaching staffs, he's always had a few younger guys on the staff um, who were able to really take the message in from him and really disseminate that amongst the rest of the guys. And he's also done a great job being able to uh, just adapt his coaching style to to this generation. Um, you know, th- this generation, I'm not, look, these guys are still tough-nosed football players. They love the game, but at the same time, they're just different levers to pull to motivate these guys, and Coach has always done a good job at doing that no matter who it is. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Here's Troy Brown. Hey, Troy, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you? Awesome. I uh, wanted to start by asking about Jacoby Myers, who obviously has shown continued growth, and he you know, talked about kind of being a sponge and wanting to learn as much as possible. And I'm interested in what that's like for you as a co- from a coach's perspective to have a player like him who you may you know, see as kind of a raw talent and you're trying to mold and shape. And how fun is that for you to have him be as willing to listen? And what do you see your impact being? Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what my impact is. I just know I'm I'm Jacoby Myers' his coach and one of his coaches, and you know, it's all, everything is up to him. You know, whatever he wants to learn, whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants to be, you know, it comes down to him getting it done. You know, and him, you know, being a sponge like he he's not a very talkative guy, a very uh, outspoken guy, or whatever it is, but he, he does. He, he's very intelligent. He soaks up information and then he uses it and applies it to his game, you know, and to watch him over the past four years grow to where he is, you know, I, I would never take credit for that or anything else that he's accomplished in his career. You know, hard work, a young man, uh, he puts in the time, he puts in the work and everything he gets, he earns. I want to ask you about Bill as well in passing George Hallis, 325 victories. He mentioned you in his his speech and uh, Matthew Slater was talking about him yesterday and one of his strengths being his ability to adapt and to meet players where they were during you know, different time periods and mentioned, you know, that he coached the Brewski and your team a little bit differently than he coaches this team. So I'm interested in what you've seen in terms of, of changes from Bill and how he goes about connecting with players. Yeah, he's got to change with the times. Uh, I think we've seen in the past where a lot of coaches have gotten stuck in their times and, and, and weren't able to change. And I think he's been able to do that over the, what, almost, what, 48 years now that he's been in this business. So he's been able to adapt and change to everything that's going on around him. And, and obviously you can't coach these guys the way he coached us, you know, different personalities, different time, different era, you know, uh, for me, I've got kids the same age as the players on this team. So, I can tell you, you got to be able to adapt and change. You know, I can't raise my kids the way my mother raised me. <laughs> you know, it's just a different time and a different. These have they have a different outlook on things. So, and uh, I think Bill's done a great job of adapting, adapting to that. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah. One thing is certainly true for the Patriots this year, and that is on the defensive side of the football. Matthew Judon has been an absolute beast. He leads the NFL in sacks. I talked with Steve Belichick about that. Wanted to uh, touch a little bit on the uh, the Jets game as well, and you know the overall impact of of Judon, and how does that kind of translate into success that you guys have in other areas of the game? How how big of a key is his disruption? Uh, yeah, it's a, you know it's a huge part of huge part of the game for us. I'd say any any front player um, when they uh, when they're they're playing disruptive up front, you know that really that really affects the game. You know, the game starts up front uh, with the O-line and D-line. Um, I'm not saying you don't have to have to cover receivers, but if you 
if you get pressure on the quarterback quickly and and can get a sack and get in his face, then sometimes it, it can mask or or cover up anything that happens in the back end. So, you know, that pressure up front is always always a great thing. I don't care what teams you're playing against, who's on offense, who's on defense. If you can, you know, get to the quarterback quickly and affect the quarterback and the quarterback has to think about that type of stuff, then that definitely can can cover up problems in the back end. Not that you're like looking to have those problems in the back end, but those disruptive players up front that make a make a big difference. Those guys can ruin the game for the opponent. I want to ask about Jack Jones as well, or statistically he is ranked as the best cornerback in in football. What has led to that in your view? And do you put too much into, you know, those types of of rankings and analysis? And how do you, if not, go about evaluating a player's, you know, overall value and effectiveness? Yeah, I'm not sure what those rankings mean and how they're ranked and what what they're compared to and um is it a run or a pass ranking or overall ranking that stuff i don't um i'm i don't i don't look at that stuff i look at you know what our calls are what his assignments are and and how he executed his assignment so uh jack's a player that we drafted for a reason to be here um i'm happy he's on our team i'm happy to work with him he definitely loves football and loves to compete and that's a good place to start with me so i'm glad he's here he's getting better each week um you know, he's a young kid. He's got a lot to learn, but he's learned a lot already. So um, keep putting him out there. Hopefully he keeps keeps making plays, learning from his mistakes. It's never perfect with any player, but, um, you know, I, I enjoy being around Jack every day and, and enjoy coaching him. Thanks. Checking on the Celtics now. They took on the Bulls last night inside TD Garden. For the Celtics so far this season, they have not been connected enough on defense. That's been clear. Also, they really do not seem to be able to close out games, particularly when it comes to facing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Malcolm Brogdon, one of the new players for the Celtics, uh, talked with me earlier this week. Hey, Malcolm. Hope all is well with you. Um, obviously, it's really early in the season. There's still a lot of acclimation taking place. Um, rotation's a little bit different than last year, and obviously you're a part of that. What does you know, that mean, and what is the acclimation process like for you on both ends, and do you feel like the group's Know, connected the way they need to be uh no you know five games into the season i don't think we're connected how we need to be i think off the court we are we're a group that gets along uh we have a great locker room here good guys um but on the court we're not as connected as we need to be and uh you know it's something that we you know talk about daily and something that we're going to continue to work on how do you see yourself impacting winning with this group and do you feel it's it's different than it was with with the pacers or uh, obviously the bucks earlier in your career for sure uh you know at the pacers i was a number one number two option depending on the night me and domas um the ball was in my hands i made all the decisions my usage was 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 high on that team um and the defensively i was guarding the best perimeter guy um and then you know with boston they have their two guys they have guys that are two of the best players in the world so um for me it's going to be finding a role and um sort of succeeding in that role and um figuring out how i can impact the game i mean i'm a i'm a guy my game is suited for uh being versatile doing what the team needs uh being skilled in multiple areas of the game so that i can have an impact no matter how you play me Malcolm Brogdon right there. Bruins just will not lose. Going into tonight, they are 10-1. They take on the Leafs 
this evening. And not just are they winning, they're winning in convincing fashion and a night-in, night-out basis. They've been a lot of fun to watch, and we'll delve deeper into the Bruins on upcoming editions of the show. That's going to do it for the Press Pass. I'm Chris Ryan.